he looked terrible when he came in the door and he just stood at the door and I said, have you had an accident with your lorry? And he said, no, I've been attacked. And I said, what with? And he said, a spaceship. And I said, oh, goodness me, there's no such a thing as a spaceship. I'm going to phone the doctor. I bid you welcome. BBC News from BBC World. This is an NBC News special report. This is a CBS News special report. Hello, a very good morning. You're watching BBC News with Carrie Gracie and Simon McCoy. From ITN News at 10. Morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be around this wild, wacky, and sometimes disturbing world of ours. This is the Mindset Podcast. Coming at you. I'm Gareth Davis in Los Angeles, California, and joining me 5,000 miles away in Oxfordshire in England, we have, of course, Mr. Ben Emlyn Jones. Hello, Ben. Hey, Gareth. How you doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> I must say, listeners, please do respect this guy's dedication uh, for getting up and doing a show. Oh, boy. <clears throat> no, I, I'm sick. I'm sick as a dog. Uh, sorry to be yeah, um, It's out, good it, to be back anyway. It's good to yeah, be back on the show. Yeah, man. I, can, I got started feeling it on Friday a little bit, but, you know, just, just barely. And on Saturday, it, it hit me hard. And, I, and this morning I woke up, I was like, fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> So I mean, oh, yeah, you know, in in these these crazy times that we live in, you know, anyone get the slightest fucking cough, and it's like I've got it, I've got it. Mm, you know? Yeah. So these we'll days, I mean, you you are. I mean, it's possible you'll be told to self isolate at whatever the laws say in your country. Um, yeah, the laws, fuck in, the laws. I don't know what Newsom, if whether Newsom has put his foot down. Um, I don't know, but um, <laughs> in Britain, you see, you, you you have to self isolate by law now um, if you have any symptoms and. Which is a, a bit of a drag, yeah. but um, we are supposedly free. So, uh, as we discussed last week, supposedly, yeah, we have um, for now. Anyway, we have yeah. uh, restrictions lifted, but you know how so, it goes. So the UK is uh, well. I, I know that Wales is still locked down, right? What about Scotland? I but England is open. Mm. The devolved governments in Scotland and Wales have maintained the lockdown longer. They are dominated by the Labour Party and the Scottish National Party, who are very. Um, who are very, very pro-continuing the lockdown, I think, indefinitely. <clears throat> they are, really are. I mean, they want to... They, they, every time someone comes up with a reason for lifting the lockdown, they say, no, no, there's why you can't do it, and we will never do it until... And whatever... But they never actually said what conditions would have to be in effect for them to lift the lockdown. They've uh-huh. not actually stated, which basically means, I think they want the lockdown forever. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll lift the lockdown when... All small businesses are completely destroyed. Then they'll lift the lockdown. That yes, or everyone is filled with some kind of mutant virus that causes <laughs> them to to turn into zombies. Yeah, something like that. Then yeah. they say, okay, let's give you your freedom back, guys. Yeah. Oh, by the your way, uh, you've got no frontal lobes left in your brain, so you can't enjoy <laughs> it. That's crazy, man. It, mm. it, it blows my mind that you guys are still full on. Oh, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's been back to normal over here for I don't know, since mid June. Hey, well, that's uh, 
you know, I mean, I remain hopeful that uh, hey, the, the, maybe did, something did will you come just, to Did you just have a sniffle? Yeah, I've got something in my nose. Uh-oh. That's a <laughs> sign, Ben. <laughs> All it. right, hold on, go on. <laughs> I better self-isolate. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I've uh, got a little sniffle in my nose, all right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this was the, the the conference I've just come back oh, from. Oh, that's right. Was, I wanted uh, to ask you hopeful. about that. That was what? Was it Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Is that correct? Mm. Thursday, Friday. <coughs> oh, Friday. Well, okay. <clears throat> it was an evening conference. Um, I've never done this before. I've never been to a two-day conference, which is evenings. Um, so, they're quite so, rare. So during the day, it was nothing. It was only in the uh, evening no. that the things come to life. Um, started at 4 p.m. on Thursday, 3 p.m. on Friday. And um, it was organized by Kerry Cassidy of Project Camelot. Uh-huh. And it was held at the UFO Academy Watford, which is a wonderful place. It's, um, it's in the High Elms Manor, the famous stately home. Which has been used in it's often been used in TV and things like that. Yeah. And it's available for private hire. The UFO Academy is like one of the many, many institutions that is found there, and uh, it's a beautiful location for a wonderful conference. And um, unfortunately, Kerry, you see, Kerry originally planned it for uh, um, a couple of weeks earlier in June in mm-hmm. the weekend, and then the, the lockdown put a kibosh on that, so she moved it forward to Ju- moved it back to July right. for evening weekdays. But unfortunately, she herself only turned up on the second day okay. because she was self-isolating because she arrived from um, Greece oh, at the okay. airport and was forced into isolation Well, until she'd had a distinct series of PCR tests to check she was free of the plague. Um, until that happened, she was not allowed out of her home. She used to stay at her partner's house. How does that work? Is that is that something like where well, they... It, 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 they Say say that I was to hop on a plane right now. I'm fly I'm flying to the UK, right? So, I go to the airport. They give me a, a test right then and there, and they'd say, "Okay, all right, you're clear. Get on the plane." So I get on the plane, fly for eleven hours, land in Heathrow, get off, and I'm assuming they'd give me another test, or or would I have to immediately self isolate somewhere? It depends. It depends on various situations, such as uh, what country you come from. Things like that, but um, I know that under certain circumstances, you might have to spend uh, two weeks in quarantine. Under other circumstances, it's just a few days. Sometimes people can like have a series of tests and then be released, uh-huh. which takes a couple of days. Um, oddly well, enough, even if you're vaccinated, you still can't just walk around freely. Really? No, you can't just walk around to your heart's content. You still have rules. So with uh, with these these uh, these enforced. Um self-isolations if you come in from another country who pays for all this that comes out of the exchequer tax money the, 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 we've actually got a huge national debt and um, oh, I, I don't know if it really matters because britain's national debt was already in the in the trillions but Wait, so you, it's they, actually gone up considerably now because of this so they put me in a hotel for two weeks um yeah it'd be a it would probably be one of a series of secure hotels that they've set up it may even be on the airport in the airport itself. You'd that's, be there, yeah, and you wouldn't be allowed crazy. out. It would be a bit grim, uh, even though it's not exactly a prison, but it's still, yeah. you wouldn't be allowed out. And um, so, for example, if you if you turn up, for, these, sometimes these rules are introduced very suddenly. There's even cases of people who turn up for a holiday. They have two weeks booked uh-huh. abroad. They turn up in the airport, and uh, they spend those entire two weeks in quarantine and think to myself, well, what's the oh bloody point? God. I might as well just... I could save on the airfare and just go to Reading and spend two weeks in a hotel there. That's insane. Um, yeah. 
Wow. So, yeah, but it's not easy. I mean, when, if you plan to visit um, whenever you do um, to, to see the family, yeah. I would check not only on the UK rules, but on Wales' rules as well. So, oh, because the Welsh fuck. rules will vary. The Welsh rules, rules will vary. Man, I'm so sick of fucking rules. People telling me what I can and can't do. Yeah, I'm sick of it. And they keep making up new reasons for fucking retards. Yeah, we got about, like. How about, um, how about we make up some rules for those fucking retards? I don't think they take very kindly to that. Oh I think they'd God, be very annoyed. Crazy, <laughs> telling me what I can't, can't fucking, can I can't do? Who the fuck they think they are? No, they think they're like uh, gods. I think. Oh, drives me mental. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. And we, we have to obey because, like you know, they got all the guns. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but. Um, it's uh, this. This came up in my speech in my particular talk. Oh, um, you you um you talk. You did a, a lecture. I did like a yeah. I did an awesome. hour long lecture. It was actually very similar to the one I did at Basis, although I changed That's very slightly. Ah, cool. oh, thanks. I made a couple of different changes to it, and uh-huh. I um, I think I, it was better. It came out much better than I did at Basis, even though the, the feedback I've had from my Basis performance was very good. People uh-huh. liked what I did, but this yeah. I really just kind of got into the spirit of it this time. Um, I mean, much I, more. I've I've seen your <laughs> lectures. I mean, I'm not in person, unfortunately, but I've seen videos of them, and they're very good. You you, you are, oh, you're thanks. you're very confident. You know, you you lay out the all the day all the fucking information. You're and you got you got a good stage presence. You're you're, oh, you're really you're good at it. You know. Cool. Thanks. I I think I did a, I did well. I'm people liked it. Um, I was one of many speakers, and the quality was generally pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, Maria uh, Wheatley uh, talking about. Uh, well, she did the same talk she did in Basis. I didn't actually watch it. No offense to her, but I, seen I'd already before, seen right? it. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so I went and socialized. I mean, the, the social now. side. Yeah. <laughs> we had a bar and we had like a nice terrace. There's a beautiful terrace with uh, fountains and there's lights and things. And it's really nice. When the sun went down, the lights came on. Uh-huh. And they were like electric, but they looked really realistic. Like, Did uh, you go with, with Colin? Yeah. So you both you, well, you, I didn't travel with him, but okay, I, you just saw um, him there. I met him there on I met him on the Wednesday, and um, I stayed at a, a friend's house uh-huh. in Watford for three nights. We had a wonderful time. We had a great time. Him and he and I, and um, Colin was there as well. And yeah. we travelled to the High Elms Manor every time, and had a nice. It was a really great uh, experience being at the High Elms Manor, and then um, <clears> the. <throat> It's just lovely to get out and meet people and talk yeah. to people who don't think you're crazy. That's an yeah, amazing conversation. Did uh, did Colin give a lecture also, or was he just watching? He did a very interesting talk oh, about cool. about um, the themes of Star Trek, and it was very interesting because Star Trek, of course, is fictional. Uh-huh. Yet um, some of the beings you find in the creatures from Star Trek are clearly influenced by the reports in ufology. Which, in other wait, words, wait, wait, real I'm aliens. Like... Yeah. I'm like a, a huge start of when I say I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I'm a, I'm a huge old star, not the new not the new fucking retard fest Discovery and Picard and all that stupid shit. But I am a big Star Trek fan for you know classic series, Next Generation, and so on. So mm. I'm very familiar with Star Trek. So I'm I'm curious as to which aliens you're referring to. Oh, it's, oh excuse me. There's these ones called the Zindi. Um, the Zindi, yeah. Uh, Zindi. Now the Zindi are actually it's actually shapeshifters, right? Yeah, they they're in, um, yeah some of them are shapeshifters, um, and they live on a planet called Zindus, but the planet was destroyed, so they went looking for a new home. And there's about there's several different sorts. For example, the reptil there's reptilian humanoids. Mm-hmm. There's avians <laughs> like bird-like creatures. Mm-hmm. There's 
primates that are kind of humanoid-like creatures and insectoids. Yeah. Um, which then again, Colin was saying, you know, these things look like the kind of aliens that are often reported in ufology. I wonder if possibly. I mean, this is going back all right back, back to the original series because Gene Roddenberry is actually a really quite remarkable guy. There's a lot of things people don't know about him. Like what? Which is not well known among fans. For example, he was very keen on psychical research and channeling. And he sat in a number of um, channeling sessions with someone called Phyllis Schlemmer. And uh, this, this resulted in a very famous book called The Only Planet of Choice, in which uh, Phyllis was actually, who was a medium, was contacting these beings who call themselves the Council of Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, um, extra-dimensional being, beings who... <coughs> and Excuse Gene me. Roddenberry was involved in that. <coughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know he was involved with the Council of Nine. Wasn't that more mm. in, the, in the 50s? Um, it, it may well have been. I mean, it, it's actually... You see, he was he, he was actually quite old even when Star Trek began, so I don't know he... He may have been, he may have been I don't know how old he was. Well, then, he but, was he had a he hmm. was a, a police officer for a number of years before he went into Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It and, may have been during that period. I don't know. And there's an interesting uh, um, during the uh, the next generation when it, when the show came back in the in the late 1980s, uh, Roddenberry was still you know he was still alive. He was old and he was a little frail, but Ooh. he was still alive and he was still running the show. And one of the writers on the show, his name is uh, Tracy Torme. Now, that name might, might ring a bell with you, Ben, because yeah, he is he's very much into UFOs. Yeah. And he made the uh, the, the Roswell movie in the, the mid to late 90s with uh, Kyle MacLachlan. Remember that one? Yes, that's right. With Paul, um, Paul Davids actually yes. uh, wrote the script. And, yeah. Um, that was so, amazing. Now, Tracy, yeah, I thought it was a, girl, it was, thought it was a woman. It's not no, it's a man. A, it's, it's a, it's a dude, yeah. Yeah, it's a, um, he's got a girl's name for some reason. And, but, and he asked... Yeah. Um, Gene Roddenberry about UFOs and Roddenberry just laughed and shook his head and he said well it's all nonsense and he said well how do you know that and he said look if aliens were here it'd be on the news that's I find that hard to believe because it doesn't fit in with other things that he's been involved in uh-huh. well, that, that's, unless that's what Tracy Torme said he may have told Tracy that um yeah whatever reason i know tracy's very much into ufos mm-hmm. um it tracy actually wrote a couple of the scripts for tng uh, yes as well. correct. um yeah. but uh yeah it's 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 a, it's a difficult thing to because he of course he may if he meant it then obviously he what was he doing hanging around with phyllis schlemmer all those years earlier if he didn't then um well why did he lie why did he not tell tracy the truth, like his own, his genuine beliefs. I don't know. But that, that's, um, that's, this, that's Tracy's story is that he asked Roddenberry, uh, you know, about UFOs and what do you think? Are they here? And he, la- he laughed and he said, no, it's all nonsense. They're not here. And he said, well, how do you know that? And he said, look, if we were being visited by aliens, it would be on TV. It'd be on the news. You see, you see that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's really well, strange. It, it, because- is, it is ridiculous, Ben, but it's also the point of view shared by vast numbers of people on this earth. Exactly. People who may not have been exposed to the same information as, as Rob Gray. Well, I find that bizarre, especially um, it's, it's, even if you go back to the, to the original, right, um, you have um, the, well, the famous scene. It's, I think it's considered a bit of unintentional comedy now is when is, is Gorn, the big reptilian oh, humanoid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk has like a wrestling match he's, with he's fighting with him. him, yeah, throwing rocks down on yeah. him and stuff. <laughs> yes, it's a yeah. great it's episode. A, something. 
it, it's it's a good episode. Yeah, yeah. that um, creature is what's often reported in abduction experiences. We know David Icke says that's that's rather like how people would quote when they see the Queen and other people shapeshift. <laughs> that's often what they report. Yeah. Um, I I think um, there's several other in events. I mean, I wish I could recall them. I haven't seen them. I haven't watched them for years. Yeah. But there's like grey-like beings. There's um, various kinds of humanoids. There's weird amorphous blobs and things like that. Yeah, I mean, that, there's that but, creature that there's so, the water that can move water, through rock. Yeah, exactly. Now um, these 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 could be just and probably are. Let's be honest. Just. Um, uh, Artistic license, just people. Hey, I got this story. I need an alien. Boom, and they just make oh. some make some shit up, and un, them, un, yeah. unintentionally, uh, you know. I mean, in, in the stories like this, though, Ben, what what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right? I mean, did, yeah. did Star Trek come up with these things, and then uh, people see the show and then start incorporating them into their experiences, or, or was it the other way around? This is a question that was asked by Brian Dunning of Skeptoid. He he's a, did a podcast. He's in jail now, apparently, for something or other. Uh, fraud, I believe. Oh. Um, but he did a skept. He did a website called Skeptoid, which is basically a Skeptoid podcast, like this one, but skeptic, basically. Uh-huh. So it's, it's the anti mindset central. So basically, but, uh, it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he. Um, he asked this question. He asked whether um, extraterrestrial encounters are actually inspired by science fiction tropes. Uh-huh. He referred specifically. He, he referred specifically to um, a later a later example. That is the 1977 Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Because of course <coughs> you see grey aliens now in this radio uh-huh. show. He said, "Isn't it weird? Nobody saw grey aliens before Close Encounters." That's nonsense. Um, yeah, That's well, fucking was, bullshit. It is total bullshit. I mean, yeah. what happened was uh, Robbie Graham decided to test this. He got hold of um, the production designer for Close Encounters, whose name I can't recall, and says, you know those grey aliens you see, right? Where did he get the idea for those? Because we know they had J. Allen Hynek was involved. Yeah. You know, you had consultancies from ufology. Right. And um, he said, oh, uh, Hynek put me in touch with one of these people who sees them. And yeah. I just asked, I phoned her up and asked her, what do these aliens look like? And she described them to me. We had a long conversation. And that was where I went. That's where I got the idea from. So what Dunning has done is he's put the cart before the horse here, big time. Yeah, exactly. I, 100%. Just, I, I agree completely, Ben, because that's that's absolute nonsense. Uh, but what's interesting, though, is that um, the gray aliens depicted in Close Encounters and in many... Um, um, encounters in the 1970s and 1960s uh, were different to the gray aliens that came to prominence in the 1980s. In other words, they were very similar. They were small with the big heads and all, you know, all that, and the gray-colored skin, all very similar, small mouth and all, very similar. But their eyes were very different. Now, the gray aliens in the 1980s onward had these big, black, hypnotic eyes. The gray aliens in that were just depicted in the 1970s and 60s didn't. They had um, they had large eyes, but the eyes were more human looking. What you could see a pupil really? and the color. Um, yeah, and Travis Walton, the the the, the grays that he encountered when he woke up after his uh, being zapped. Um, hmm. The the two aliens that came around him when he was they they had these big. Uh, mesmerizing like baby eyes but but they weren't these black eyes 
And if you look at Close Encounters, when they show the greys in Close Encounters at the end of the movie, that's the way they were, they were depicted because they don't yeah. have the big black eyes. That came in the 80s. That's, now, obviously, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware that the reports actually indicate that there was a shift. In there that was respect. a shift in, in the eyes, right. for sure. Now, of course, there were... Um, abductees in the 1980s who came forward and you know through regression or on sometimes conscious memory would relate encounters that took place in the 70s and the 60s with mm. gray aliens with big black eyes right mm. but they were only telling us this in the 1980s right now that's very strange if that's true i can't explain no, it. It, it it is true Right, now why would that be, I wonder? Um, well, is it different types of aliens, visitors, different times? Well, or yeah, so there's, changes well, well there's, there's a number of possibilities, right? I mean, mm. and any one of them could be true or, or none of them could be true. So it could be that there, there are two different species of grey, mm. right? That, that um, physically look very similar, except their eyes are very different. They, uh, you know, they have more human look. Don't get, now, their eyes are very large, like very large. Mm. But yeah. their eyes are more human looking. You know, they have the whites of the eyes, they have the pupil, they have a color, they could have a blue eye or a brown eye. It very much looks like a human eye, but a large, large eye, and they would blink. Yeah. Um, whereas the, 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 the grays that were depicted in, in the, um, uh, the 80s and onward from like, uh, uh, you know, Bud Hopkins and Whitley Strieber have these large, wraparound, hypnotic black eyes. So could it be two different species or could it be the same species and one of them is wearing some kind of goggles or something? <laughs> Somebody has suggested that the, the, the blackness of their eyes is just an eye covering. Um, <clears throat> for example, in fact, even the whole entire, the entire outer body is in a covering. I mean, Whitley Strieber actually reported this. He said yeah. there's actually another kind of creature underneath the greys. Cradle yeah. Mutua did as well. Yeah, um, Strieber, in- Strieber um, reported... Um, more of a more of a feeling than than a than an actual um, ex- seeing it, but he mm. had a strong sense that when he when he was encountering these creatures that he wasn't seeing the real them. There was something else behind it. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, that that is very the idea that these are. I mean, some people have described them as being. Like biological robots, uh-huh, yeah. or somehow soulless beings, and or servants right. of um, of some larger. Sometimes they're seen in, in 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 the presence of other beings, humanoids or tall greys or reptilians, mm-hmm. and the greys appear to be um, acting under instructions from the other aliens. If you um, um, if you do a search on on Google and you look for. Um, Travis Walton's in because when when Travis Walton's mm-hmm. book came out. Um, it wasn't called Fire in the Sky. It was called The Walton Experience, right? Uh, the Walton Experience came out in like, fuck, I don't know, 76 or 77, something like that, the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then later on, it was after Fire in the Sky came out in the 90s, it was reprinted and called Fire in the Sky, The Walton Experience. They changed the title mm-hmm. to kind of tie in with with the movie. Yeah. Um, but the original book, The Walton Experience, there's, there's some... Um, uh, from the encounters that he had, there was uh, some art. Um, an artist painted some of you know the, the experience. He, he painted the gray aliens that Travis saw. 
and he painted the Nordics that he saw. Yeah. And, and these are represented in, in this book. And I'm sure you can find them online. You can I just see. have, yes. Okay. I've just and found them. Um, if you look yeah, at I the alien and you look at their eyes, they're very different. Yeah, these are like classic greys. But as you said, they have they have no more normal-like eyes. They have right. an iris and pupil. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, if they, if they had black eyes, they'd look more like the yeah. classic grey. So um, it, it could be something as simple as that they, they took off their their goggles <laughs> you know or they could be a different species or or who knows i mean i don't think travis walton is lying i think i think he i think his his encounter is 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 legit i think oh, he's t- yeah. i think he's telling the truth um and many many other people who encountered these beings in the 1970s and 1960s uh well i mean look at um uh, betty and barney hill look at their encounter uh in was it 1961 or 1962 Sixty-one. Yeah, the the creatures yeah. that they encountered were were very similar, if not exactly like the creatures that Travis Walton encountered. Yeah, that's it's interesting because <clears throat> in those days, those type of aliens weren't like part of popular culture. They mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Betty and Barney Hill happened. I, don't, I can't say for the seventies, but certainly, so Travis Walton was seventy-five. Betty and Barney Hill was a number of years earlier, sixty-one. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, yeah, I mean, same with the Nordics. I mean, um, Travis sees these Nordics. He thinks he firstly mistakes them for humans. Yeah, he and thinks, thinks oh, they come oh, to fuck, rescue. Thank, thank fuck, they've come to rescue me. Yeah, and he goes. He, with, he, he goes with them willingly because he's like, oh, these are, these people are human. They're going to get me out of here. But uh, un, unknowns to him, they were anything but human. Then he realizes there's something a bit weird about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's funny enough. There's been another. I mean, I haven't looked into the details of this, but there's been another attempt to prove Travis a liar. Um, it's just appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, this has happened. I, I haven't looked at the details of this. People on social media are saying mm-hmm. it's a load of bollocks. <clears throat> yeah. I I know that there's been many attempts to try and discredit Travis, going right back to right. when it actually happened. Uh-huh. But um, but the, based on many many things, including these descriptions of the aliens, yeah. I'm inclined to believe him. I've met, oh, I've yeah. met the guy. I, I'm, me, I'm inclined me too. to believe him. Yeah, I met him yeah. at, uh, at AlienCon. And uh, I mean, his 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 dyed hair is a bit staggering, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, a good, a, good guy. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's very. Um, it's not exactly Trumpian, but he has like a kind of a weird hairdo. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird but he's hair. um, he seems like a quite quiet. He's an introverted man. Yeah, um, he does. Very. And even though he's not he's, a, he's a, he does the lecture circuit, you know, to make to make a living, I guess. Um. You can see that he's never really completely comfortable being there. He, he'd much rather go home. Yes, I think he's he is a sort of person who does not. He's not seeking publicity. I think right. this, in a sense, this is a situation that's been forced upon him. Yeah. Um, which is. Um, I mean, he's he's making. I mean, when 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 I I met him at, at AlienCon, um, he had uh, these big posters of you know fire in the sky. These big artwork. And you could mm. buy the artwork, and he'd sign it, you know. Yeah. So. And he had a big line of people signing shit, you know. So, and, and he was charging, yeah. you know, forty, fifty dollars for the signature, and then seventy-five dollars for the the painting. So he must have made, you know, at least fuck. In one day, he probably made like I don't know, eight grand or something. Well, artwork like that is not free. I mean, it's um, it takes cost money to produce artwork. No, absolutely I mean, not. It, it was, is same, it was yeah. quality print. You know, it wasn't just like you know he printed it out on his fucking computer. This was yeah. high quality. You know, it was a quality product, right? So, so charging seventy bucks for something like that, okay, that is expensive. But then again, 
that's that's a quality you know what i mean it's not like some piece of shit it's like a legit mm-hmm. fucking print uh yes, and then for him to, him to sign it um uh, so he must have made you know at least you know five to eight grand a day yep well uh, i suppose i'm not saying that in a negative way man i mean no. every, everyone should be allowed to make a living right uh, and I, I, I take, uh, you know, best of luck to him. If he, if he can do that and, and, and make that money, I mean, best of luck to the guy. Go for it, yeah. man. Uh, but exactly. Think, I presume there are plenty of people who consider that, that who consider that val- good enough value to actually purchase. So, oh, there were. If there, there was, was a, fuck, there was a fucking yeah. queue. There was a line of people buying that shit. But I, yeah. but a lot of people though, and you, and you know this, they're like, they're like, oh, see, he's making all that money. That's why he's making up. He's making up all this bullshit to make yeah. some money. You know, and they always go down oh, that no. path. It's, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. The skeptics do the same, um, and it's, it's hypocritical because I've been to skeptic conferences, and um, I can assure you, you know, there things there. There's, there's lots for sale at skeptic conferences. There's like skeptic superstars, who, um, who are like the, like, like the celebrities of the UFO uh-huh. circuit. And they write books. They sometimes they have other things to merchandise, and it's yeah. not free. Yeah, they give it. They they sell these things. Sure. The skept there's there's something called the skeptic calendar, which is um, I think twenty five pounds every year. The uh, the skeptics, which is like uh-huh. a a group of female skeptics, um, produce a calendar, which is basically it's not what you think. It's not a it's not a pin up thing. Oh, it's just um, <laughs> them sitting around holding scientific instruments. If you want to see uh, fully dressed women. Holding holding microscopes and theodolites, then get the skeptic calendar. Well, I mean, twenty five pounds a pop. I I got no problem with that, dude. I mean, if they if they I put that together it. and they charge that and people buy it, that's that's good luck to them. That's that's totally fine. I I don't have I don't have an issue yeah. with anyone making money on this bullshit. You know, I mean, you got to yeah, right? wouldn't. You got to fucking eat. <laughs> I would not use the same tactic against them that they use against us. Exactly. Which is, I wouldn't be a hypocrite the way they are. <clears throat> So yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's a number so, of you. Yeah. What, what do you think, Ben? There's, there's like a handful of UFO cases that are rock solid. I mean, there are yeah. some where you're on the fence. Eh, I don't know. And there are some where you're like, well, this is obvious bullshit. But there are some where you're mm-hmm. like, this is legit. This fucking happened. We need to pay attention. What 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 are yeah. those cases for you? What's what's your your handful of 100 percent legit UFO cases? Right. There's legit. Well, totally legit. What well, the aforementioned Travis Walton. It's it's been it's there's been numerous attempts to mm-hmm. discredit it. Um, if, if for example, Philip Class, the so-called researcher, mm-hmm. way back when it just after it happened, he was caught trying to bribe some of the other lumberjacks to, That's to right. say they Yes, I forgot up. about that. Yeah, not much of a researcher there, is he? Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting you bring up Philip Philip Class because I've been um, I don't know if you've been watching Mindset Mornings, but I. I've been going through, because I have boxes of old VHS tapes that I recorded in the 90s, and a lot of UFO documentaries in the 90s, I would record them all. And I've been digitizing them, right? I've hooked it up, and I've, oh, been, cool. I've been making digital files to put on my computer of, of these shows, which, which has never been seen since their original broadcast. And Philip Clash shows up in a lot of fucking shows in the 90s. He was the... A lot pop, of shows. Yep. He was the pop skeptic of his era, along along with several others. But he was generally, when it came to ufology, he was the pop skeptic. He bring yeah. in. He was the Mick West of his time. Um, he was the Brian Cox. <laughs> oh God, that's quite that bad. But um, <laughs> it's just it's an interesting it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, but among other, you want okay. to mention other cases? Yeah, uh, yeah. Reynolds, the Reynolds Forest incident. I think uh-huh. absolutely no doubt something yep. weird happened there. I agree. I agree. Um, there's the the Calvine encounter. I think that's oh, which one I is that? I'm, I'm not, that that's um, the in 
Scotland, a, a uh-huh. guy was walking through the woods and came across a spherical oh, object. Oh, yeah, and it rips his trousers. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. the trousers. I've actually, I've actually told, held remember, the trousers remember, in my remember hand. The, remember the clip with, with his wife? And she says, I told him, there's no such thing as a spaceship. <laughs> remember, remember <laughs> that? Yeah. He said, he came, he, I said, um, what happened to you? She said, he said, I saw a spaceship. I said, there's no such thing as a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, that actually, I, mean, I think is rock solid. I mean, there's physical evidence. It's a classic, really, very good CE2. Um, a classic, and um, there's the holes in his trousers. I've actually held yeah, the trousers. Yeah. Mal- Malcolm Robertson used to carry them ar- around yeah. with him to conferences. And I put oh. my fingers through the holes. You can see these are like heavy, these are heavy duty, like work trousers, like yeah. the type of I wear when I'm doing gardening and things. Uh-huh. So the material is actually very tough. It's designed to be, to, for, um, to be resilient. Yeah. Um, it's ripped very, very precisely as if it's been caught on some kind of hook. Okay. It's like he caught it yeah. on a very sharp yeah. hook and... I mean, the, the thing, the thing that, that, that makes his story reek of authenticity is that it's so, the, the whole thing he describes is so fucking bizarre. Mm. Yeah. You but know? There's, there's, the, 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 there's the things that on the ground where he saw it. There was the signs that the, the, cre- the objects that he saw. That's right. There was, the, there was indent, the indentations when they rolled towards yeah. him, right? That's right. Yes. And again, like all the best of these UFO cases, like Travis Bolton, like Rendlesham Frye, you get a really trashy skeptic explanation. Uh-huh. They claimed that he had somehow consumed belladonna. Now, what's, what's that? It's very poisonous. Poisonous berries. They look like black. They look like um, they look like black currants, but they're deadly poisonous. So he, you have about he, ten of them, they'll kill you. So he hallucinated then. He he had a low dose. If you take them in a very low dose, they um, they will give you hallucinations and not kill you. Uh. Um, but the thing is, first of all, there's, no one's ever found belladonna growing in those woods. Secondly, he's a forester. He would know he not would to go know, picking yeah. berries he didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. He would know not to go eating things that he didn't recognize in the woods. Right. Like every good, Everyone's taught that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, things like that. And there's, there's also the physical evidence. It contradicts the physical evidence and the things like that. Which so, um, But the skeptic, you know, skeptics like, uh, I, was, I think it was um, bloody Andy Roberts who suggested this. Or was it Clark? Was it Dr. David Clark? But there was an article in 14 Times by either Roberts or Clark or one of mm-hmm. them. And he said, oh, um, he said, oh, it's, uh, it, it's, he was obviously, she somehow consumed belladonna. And they said, well, he wouldn't have eaten it. Oh, he might have got some on his hands and it went through his skin. Well, there's no evidence to suggest you can actually get belladonna poisoning by, through your skin. You actually have yeah. to consume it. You have to eat it, yeah. Uh, you can wash your hands in the juice and the berries and it won't hurt you at all. Right. You actually have to consume it. Um, so, but then they kept raising, they kept, you know what skeptics do? Mm-hmm. They keep coming up with all kinds of weird explanations. Um, and, um, you know, no matter how outlandish they are and unlikely, they say, yeah. no, but it has to be real because it doesn't involve ETs. Exactly. The no aliens it's policy. Just, it's incredible. You know, I know it's crazy, but it doesn't involve ETs. You, you have to always accept any explanation that doesn't involve ETs right. first. No, even if it's really, really crazy. Yeah. I say, well, why is that? Oh, you know, reasons, you know. And, <laughs> So, like, like I said, that's that's another good example of All a right. really, well, really uh, so spectacular. So far, so far, Ben, you and I are on the same page. I agree with every case you've mentioned so far. What what else you got? Um, there's, there's several others I could I would say are also very. Um, let me think. Um, the, can I, can the, I, the very I, school encounters. The school I, encounters are very. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh fuck yeah. 
That's Rua, Westall, yes. Broadhaven. Yes. There's three that are three it's counters the, the that are very similar. Was it the Westall in Australia, Broadhaven in yeah. Wales, and then there was the one in Zimbabwe in was yeah. it ninety two or ninety three with with the 94. kids? Ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. And uh, all of those three cases are very, very, I mean, they're all in different parts of the world, but very, very similar in yeah. how, how they play out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interviews with the kids, I think, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Mack yeah, went to Zimbabwe in the early 90s and interviewed the kids and filmed like hundreds, well, not, maybe not like 50 or 60 hours of interviews with these mm. children. And, uh, yeah. and they all said the same thing. It, it just, you can watch it, it on YouTube. You can, They're very yeah. good. And uh, I think some of it is in uh, James Fox's The Phenomena. There's some there's some clips in there. Mm. And what's interesting is with, with The Phenomena, James Fox, he went back to Zimbabwe today and uh, found some of the children who are now obviously, you know, middle-aged and, you know, with families of their own. Um, and they all shun publicity, but they all yeah. stick by their story and yeah. say the exact same thing as they did, you know, all those years ago. They do indeed. In fact, Randall Nicholson and, and Randall Nickerson, another researcher, is working on a full-length documentary, including all their testimony oh, man, of these kids. These, these kids who are now adults, they're, yeah. they're twenty, twenty-somethings, and thirty-somethings. They are. Um, they, they stand. Most of them have actually left Zimbabwe since then because uh-huh. these were quite well-off children who. Um, virtually everyone who could left has left Zimbabwe since uh, Mugabe right. took power. Yeah, but. Uh, What's interesting is they um, they do they uh, stand by their stories. Now, how many jokes and pranks when you were a child do you still insist were real today? Oh, fuck. You did as a child. Do you still insist today they are real? Because I, I can't know. think of it. I made none. I used to play tricks and pranks all the time. Yeah. None of them do I still insist today. Is this really that they happened? were real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this happened all right. It's uh-huh. same with Westall. Westall very similar case out of school exactly, yeah. in Australia, nineteen sixty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broadhaven was 77 out of school in South Wales, not far from your old stomping ground. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> um, again, you, you get the same pattern emerging over and over and over. Exactly. Mm. Right. Once again, Ben, you and I are on the same page. I agree with you are there any, uh, are, are, are there any that one of us might consider valid and you, the other does, doesn't? I, that's, that's what I'm hoping. But so so far, every, everything you said I agree oh. with. Um you run through a few. Okay, for us, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So from my perspective, uh, some ones that I think are real is uh, the Gulf Breeze sightings from uh, 1988 and 89 with oh, yeah. Ed, Ed Walters in Gulf Breeze in Florida. I think, I think, uh, I think that that's a legit case. Mm. Um, Bob Lazar, I think, I think Bob Lazar is legit. I think that's that's uh, for real. Any, any, agree, disagree, Ben? What are your thoughts? Um, Bob Lazar, I think I have to. I keep wavering on on Lazar. Uh-huh. I, I do think, yeah, I think it's probably real. Um, at the moment, I think it is probably real. As for golf, I've not looked into golf breeze in detail, but yeah. I, I know the basics of it. And it does mm-hmm. sound like a legitimate case. Um, uh, what else? Let me. What else is 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 legit from my perspective? Um, Whitley Strieber and his abduction experiences. I think yeah, he, I, um, think, I think he's legit. I don't think he's bullshitting. I think he's telling it, telling the story to the best of his ability. Um, yeah, again, there's, there's no physical evidence as such, but there's that his testimony is just so detailed. Oh, I know he's a fictional author, but 
it's still uh, i mean there's there's also his family that stick by him as well they stand up for him uh-huh. too um well there is physical evidence he he has an implant in his ear oh yeah oh yeah that, that they attempted to remove and when the doctor went in to try and remove it it moved that was very odd, that, yeah. Um, uh-huh. that's the, a strange I think there's thing. this video of this, too. They, they filmed the, the thing. Now, that's that's un- very unusual. I mean, sometimes people, like, you know, uh, Daryl Sims, Roger, they will remove a, they'll remove an implant for someone. This happened to a friend of mine, actually. And um, they'll say, right, I'm free of that implant. They'll go back, they'll have an abduction experience, and someone that's will replace bad. it. Yeah. Yeah, they'll tell you, I was x-raying anything, damn, someone's put another one in there. In exactly right. the same place, exactly mm-hmm. the same kind of implant. Exactly. As if to say, um, no, you can, you can't take that out. We'll just give, we'll just replace it if you uh-huh. take it out. Yeah, yeah. She spent two thousand pounds. She went all the way to Egypt for an operation. Cost spent two thousand pounds. A waste of money. Crazy, huh? And what do you think these implants are doing? Um, that's a good question. Um, some of them do give off um, uh, electromagnetism, for example, radio frequency. Some of them have an electromagnetic field. Right. They don't. They don't appear to have any kind of structured electronics, though. No, I mean, they, no. they're often. Um, as you, if you watch Patient Seventeen, that's a good documentary. Yeah, Jeremy um, Corbell's film. Yeah, yeah. They appear to have. Um, they appear to be made of um, various metal alloys that are very, very strange. Then, then they're of a type that's not made normally in in manufactured in in forges around the world they also have an isotopic ratio this is actually some this is an actually an, an identifier <laughs> it's a signifier that can it is used to, to find meteorites because uh, meteorites are, um, have a different isotopic ratio to to the same elements that uh-huh. emerged on earth because the elements are universal you find them all over the cosmos right, in fact, right. and they've been detected in distant stars in galaxies, but they have a different isotopic ratio. Now, the implants have an isotopic ratio, mm-hmm. which it indicates they do not originate on Earth. The material did not form on Earth. They're much more like meteorites. Um, of course, if they're meteor, they're not. They're not meteorites because meteorites don't normally turn into little slivers and enter your body. Right, exactly. Uh, but these do, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's how, how do they explain these things getting under your skin and being in there for yeah. you know thirty years or something? I mean, it's very similar actually to Dr. Irina Scott and what she wrote in her book about the the strange materials that we've heard we've heard more about since she wrote her books and people uh-huh. like Bob Bigelow and uh, and Louis Elizondo. We've heard more and Anti Brigalia as well. His his uh, work is especially good. But uh, she she described materials that were sent to her at the Battelle Memorial Institute. She had to analyze, yeah. and she realized they were like weird mixtures of lead and copper and um, aluminium and things like that. And she was trying to she was trying to work out how they'd been made because there was no process we know of in a forge that could make them. So she tried to melt them. So she found they were very very difficult to melt. They you should she actually had to find uh, she had to travel quite a long way to New Mexico. I mean she was. She um, was the Battelle Memorial Institute is in um, where is it? Not Chicago, somewhere a long way from New Mexico, anyway. And she went all the way to New Mexico to this forge, and they finally managed to melt this material in a very, very hot forge. Uh-huh. And um, she was astonished at um, how what its, its melting temperature was like, thousands, several thousand degrees. And um, it seems to have um, some strange properties. For example. 
it has a elasticity you don't normally get with metals. So, for example, you can fold it. You could get a sheet of it and fold it. Yeah. Um, you can fold it several times, and it will you 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 let it go, and it'll return to its original shape. Now, that only sounds very Robert much like that. Roswell. I was hoping you'd make the connection. This is exactly what uh, Dr. Jesse Massal Jr. describes, was yeah. shown to him in July 1947 by exactly. his father. Um, see, metals don't know rubber does that, and uh, uh -huh. several other things are that elastic. But metal, no, you shouldn't get that from metal. Um, but this is um, Anthony Bregalia actually found a number of documents, which, in fact, there were 11 pages. That's all he could get. There was a 154-page document he knows of, but only 11 pages were actually uh, suitable for release under the Freedom of Information Act. But they are interesting enough because they describe this material. They don't say where it comes from. Mm -hmm. But they don't sort of say, oh, it was manufactured here in this country by this engineer or this metallurgist or anything like that. Yeah. They, they just leave that whole thing blank. They leave the whole issue blank. Or maybe that the identity of the origins of the metal can be found in the other 143 pages that are too hot for foyer. Huh. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the, these these implants are very real, very, very real, and very unusual, but we don't really mm -hmm. know their function. We don't know what yeah. they're doing inside the body. I mean, we, we can we can speculate that it's it's monitoring the, the person or, or tracking them or uh, maybe influencing them in some way or recording mm -hmm. their thoughts or, or all of this. It's all speculation. We ultimately do not know why they are placed in the bodies of the, these people. Yeah. But I, I, should, I should add that uh, we're talking about Whitley Strieber and his implant in his ear. What's strange is that uh, he talks quite openly these days about being able to control the implant. And he, he, he started off by saying that a few years after it happened, he noticed that whenever he was um, with people having certain conversations, the implant would turn on and it, it, his ear would get very hot and very red. And this was witnessed by all the people around him and they could see that his, his ear was burning up. And then if they changed the conversation and talked about, you know, innocuous things like the weather or whatever, it would uh, it would turn off and his ear would go back to normal. Um, it's like it's recording things, like a microphone. Yeah, or something like, like that. Like a spy, like, you know, like a, a bug, you know, a hidden microphone yeah, yeah. that spies use. Now, over time, he has learned how to turn the thing on and off manually by himself. And this is where it starts to get a little bit weird and you can take all this with a grain of salt um, but he says that the implant has now become um, a, a research device in other words he can turn it on and in his mind ask it questions and it provides answers oh and the crazy thing about the when it provides these answers it's not like a, a voice in his head or anything like that he actually sees words form in front of his face. Blimey. It, it sounds like it's some kind of, it has some kind of psychotronic effect. It's um, I mean, it's, connected it sounds, to a neurological thing. It sounds insane, yeah. right? It sounds ridiculous. It does. But, but this is what he claims, and, and he'll speak about it quite soberly. You know, he, he'll, he'll, if you listen to any of his podcasts or some of his speeches, probably on YouTube, you can find it. Where he talks about turning turning the implant on, the implant on uh, and getting the information, 
And here's the crazy part. This is the, it makes it even more bizarre. Is that when the words form in front of his, his face, the, the answers to his questions, it, they form in a particular typeface, in, in a particular right. font. Isn't that bizarre? That, so he can, yeah, but it indicates he actually does see them in his visual field. Well, and he also, um, yeah, the last two or three books he's written, he, he has written them exclusively with the help of the implant. Oh, that's interesting. It's isn't also that, he's like almost dic- he's almost being dictated to by the aliens and writing down their dictations. Right. So, so they 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 guide him down a certain path, and he, he asks questions. They provide the answers, and then he uses that in his work to write the la- I think the last three books he's written has been oh. u- exclusively using this implant in his ear. That's very odd. It is. It's, it's very odd. It's very it's, odd indeed, it sounds yeah. insane. And because it sounds insane, people are more likely to lean towards, well, this guy's obviously out of his fucking mind, right? Yeah. But he mm. might not be. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, you see, it's possible that there is some kind of way that these things attach to your nervous system. I mean, one thing that the, the investigators have found out, that the, the, the implant doesn't trigger an immune response. Like, if you get a splinter in you, it'll... Mm. It'll turn red. Your immune right. system will react to it. They, they yeah. don't do these. What's more, blood vessels and nerves often yeah. grow around it as if they're sort of like encompassing it as yeah. part of the body. It's it's as if the, the implant is uh, pre-programmed to um, to to for your body to accept it without issue. Yeah. Yes, that's a very um, that's a very curious thing, Gareth. It really uh-huh. is. Fascinating, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, there's, there's one more case I want to bring up, and, and, and I, I should go grab the book because I don't have the, all the details, but it was one that happened in, I think, uh, Ar- either Argentina or Brazil in the 90s where it was a, an alleged crash where an alien uh, escaped and ran through the Virginia. town. Do you know about this? The Virginia incident, 1996, yes. Yeah, and have you, seen, that the, is have a, you seen the video and the photographs of the alien? I've, photographs, no, there's some... There are some images. There's some artist impressions based on the three girls who who witnessed the the okay, creature. Am I? Am I? Because I, I I searched the internet the other night because I was talking to a friend about this. You realize there's been a book written about this. There's a book. There and a book? Uh, James Fox, who did the phenomena, this is his next movie. Oh right. Uh, because I'm curious, he, uh, I'm curious to see that. He went to he went to the <coughs> excuse me, he went there and interviewed the witnesses and. Uh, Ooh. And um, uh, he's, that's going to be his next uh, his next movie. Um, the three girls are um, right. The now, three young girls. It's it's interesting you were to say that Ben that you said that, uh, you, that you don't remember seeing any video or any any images. It's just um, artist impressions. Yeah, there are artist impressions. There's dis- several documentaries about this. I distinctly have memories of seeing photographs and a video of the alien sitting on the ground turning its head and looking at the camera. Really? Yes. Where, where was that, I wonder? No, I, I searched over the, the other day. I was searching everywhere. I was like, it's got to be out there somewhere. And I could not find it. And I, I believe that um, Timothy Good, in one of his books, uh, published some of the photographs. And I, I, I have some right. Timothy Good books behind me, so I'll go grab them. But, sure, but, I know. But let's... let's I'm, I'm sorry. Go finish your thought. Then I thought we. we I was take going to a, say that I, it's it's the it, I think it's the need to know book. It might be. So to. I'll um, we'll take a we'll take a break, 
And okay. I'll go, I'll go grab the books, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about it because this is a fascinating case, and and mm. I'm like ninety eight percent sure that there is photographs and video of this alien, and from what I remember seeing the photographs and the video, it looks very very real. Oh yeah, sure, Gareth. Um, okay, so let's we'll let's take that. a quick break. Let's play some music so we can go and uh, recharge our batteries. We'll come back and we'll talk about this fascinating UFO case. I got some music today, of course. This is uh, David Byrne and Angels. Smoke them if you got them. We'll be right back.
always loved that track. David Byrne, Angels from, I think, uh, 1994, I think. I don't know. Anyway, um, all right, let's do the ads, and then we'll, uh, we'll be right back. Let's go. Hi, I'm Ed Waters. I'm the host of Dead America Podcast. Our podcast can be found on all of your favorite podcatchers, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe to the podcast because you never know who we're going to have on the podcast. It could be a homeless person or somebody from the highest parts of the government. You just never know. We don't limit ourselves, and we definitely don't want you limiting who you are or what you are. Everybody has a story, and that's what Dead America is about. We want to get your story out because stories change lives. Come get involved on the podcast, deadamerica.website. Hit the contact tab and become our next guest on the show. We would love to hear your story. I have Josh here, ready to tell me about planes grounded in Pakistan due to some pilots not having a license to fly. Poland apologizes for accidentally invading the Czech Republic. The Japanese government expresses outrage at a statue depicting their prime minister as a man of pleasure. Pirates ravaged the Gulf of Mexico. Iran tests new ballistic missiles on a mock U.S. naval vessel. Tensions between Saudi Arabia and Canada increase exponentially. Controversy in Turkey. Controversy in Hong Kong. Controversy. Controversy. Tensions. Controversy. Stop. Before you keep on scrolling and listen to some other podcasts, just give us a chance. We feel here at Politics 1001 that the media, although it claims to cover the world at large, it really sometimes feels like it's the world at limited. You're only getting a part of the picture. So come on down to Politics 1001, come on down to the world at large, and let's learn about everything from the conflict in Greece to the disputes in the Levant and much, much more. Come and check us out. You will not regret it. Hospital porters, pride and dignity, stop the new world order. The Hapanwo Show on Hapanwo Radio, every Thursday evening at 8pm. Free to listen to, free to download. Great guests and features, space weather and all the latest news. Talk to the host, guest and other listeners in the Hapanwo Radio chat box. For more details go to www.hapanwo-radio.blogspot.com Radio Live exclusively on the New Visions Radio Network. www.newvisionsradio.com every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Where are we to talk about the paranormal, the supernatural, UFOs, alien abduction, and ghosts? Everybody's favorite. <laughs> 
ghosts. Everybody's haunted. Oh, well, there you go. Are you back yeah. then? Yeah, so uh, did you have any luck finding the book? I did, and I took a picture of the pictures, and I sent oh, them cool. to you on Messenger, so... Oh, right, uh, I'll just have a quick look. Take a look. Because so, I... <clears throat> yeah. I could have done this myself, because I've... Um, oh, you have the book? I have my own copy, but I didn't... I couldn't be bothered to go and look. I'm uh, sorry about that. So the book the is uh, Unearthly Disclosure... Uh, Unear Unearthly Disclosure ah, by yes. Timothy Good. That's the book. Mm. Um... And there's in in most of Good's book, there's always like a, a little section of color glossy photos in you know embedded in the book. And uh, this book has uh, the full color um, stills of this alien, and it looks bizarre. And uh, I've seen the video. I've seen the video of this thing walking, sitting down, and turning its head and looking at the camera. And um, it wow. looks very very real. It's. I'll tell you what. Well, that's interesting because first of all, I mean, this is actually not the Virginia alien. This is oh, the Caponian. Oh, no, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm confusing uh, them then. It's right. No, it's Philip. It's the encounter reported by Filiberto Caponi in Italy, uh, uh, around the same time actually. Yeah, okay, so as, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing yeah. two cases. Yeah, no problem. But I, I was. I know there's a there is a series of photographs that Timothy Good had analysed and found them very very convincing. Mm -hmm. He also interviewed the entire family, including. Um, the grandmother, who yeah. was a very sort of disingenuous old lady, couldn't speak English, and needed an interpreter for her. Right. Um, she called it Mozzuoli, which is a figure from local mythology, like an elf-type creature. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't realize there was motion picture. Is there actually motion there picture? There is video. There is video. Yeah. I, 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 that's the thing. I, I looked everywhere. Yeah. I could. The photos that I just sent you, I couldn't even find mm. those online, Right. Oh right. Well, uh, you may be looking for the wrong case. That's possible, but but uh, oh, I distinctly remember seeing the video of of this creature. Wicked, and it looks oh, very yeah. real. It appears to be because um, I mean, it didn't. I, I, from what I heard, Capone took photographs. He took Polaroids. Uh huh. But I didn't know. Um, I didn't. I hadn't heard of him taking any motion it's, picture of this creature. I mean, when when I say it, it's uh, it's done on a you know this was in the nineties. So it was a camcorder, right? So don't expect yeah. uh, fucking HD quality. It's still you know, I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, it it's got to be out there. Got to be. I'll just see if. There we go. Filiberto Capone. All right, let's have a look. Uh -huh. Videos. It's um, got to be out there, dude. There's um. There's oh there's Reddit 1993 alien encounter oh there's there's quite a few actually here there's quite a lot here I, I'd have to go through all of these in, in detail to know if there was actually real footage of the whole yeah, thing yeah there is I, I I would I would <coughs> um I'd swear on the Bible I saw it <laughs> now oh, could could I have imagined it possibly but I don't think so I I distinctly remember seeing the the video of the creature. Unless it's a Mandela effect. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think be. so. I mean, uh, I, I remember seeing it. If you find the video, let me know. It's got to be. Mm. I'm, I'm searching again now. If you find the video, I'd be interested to see that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so frustrating. Yeah, I know. It's annoying, isn't it? 
But the photos, I sent sent the photos over to you, Ben. I don't know if you can see them. I sent them in Messenger, so you can pull them up. I can, yes. I just took a photo. I can see them. Took a picture of the book. I opened the book to the to the photos and. uh, I actually, I remember, I remember seeing them in my own copy of the book. Yeah, and they're quite spectacular photographs, and they show a creature that. Well, it looks like a creature. It has bandages on it, and strange. It looks like someone's inserted some 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 strange some appendages on its chest, like like tubes, yeah. tubes or something. It's as if it's um, been in hospital and had um. Right. Uh, the thing that's crazy. Test. The thing that gets me is like you think. Well, could it be someone in like a rubber suit? And you think, well, yeah, it could be, but no, it couldn't be because because of the proportions of the creature. Because mm. it was so small, and its arms were so tiny, and its legs were so long. Um, I, I think it's highly unlikely that that's someone in a suit because its proportions was, I mean, if there was someone in there, it would have to be like, like some tiny little deformed guy in the suit. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's definitely. Yeah. And then there's also the image, the first Polaroid, that's when it's like a kind of egg, like it starts off as an egg, like thing. Yeah. And it's, it sort of unwraps. It doesn't exactly break out. It's not an egg with shells. It kind of, it un- <coughs> it's almost like it suddenly uncurls itself. Yeah. It has like a hump on its back originally. Um, it's that was actually seemed to have some kind of effect on the photograph because it was taken through a Polaroid instant camera, the ones that deliver you a print from the camera itself. Um, and um, the print you see, there's it's got a slight relief bulge on it where the egg shaped thing is. Yeah, and in fact, in the in the book, you see what you see in a book is actually not the prints, it's photocopies. You can see like there's some light around the air side of the the egg that's actually caused by the photocopier because it's the, the print is not lying flat on the on the actual sc- the screen um so i think um that's very very interesting the, uh, timothy good had the photographs analyzed and there's yeah. no real explanation there's no sign of any deception involved and then right. um, there's no real explanation for how on earth that weird uh, you know relief effect appeared on the print that shouldn't happen on a photograph yeah, I, I see. You got you got me doubting myself now <laughs> with, with the, oh, uh, the the video because I could have sworn I saw a video of this thing. We'll see if we can find it. I'll, I'll, we'll see if we can find it after the show. I could have sworn mm. I saw. Let me see. Okay, I just found uh, his photos. There he is. Let me see if I can find the video. Come on. That's a, it's frustrating when you you know it's like I was trying to think of the all kinds of things like the, I was doing I was just doing a video and I was talking about the crop circle challenge lady uh-huh. I was trying to think of a bloody name she's a famous actress she was in the film Ryan's daughter and she's the one who did that crop circle challenge thing um, uh-huh. and I can't think of a bloody name I, I thought for this for the sake of this particular video I'll look I'll look up her name I couldn't bloody find it really really annoying it is. Oh, you got me. I'm searching now for this this stupid oh. fucking video. But it's an amazing case. I mean, it's um, <coughs> it's really quite a strange thing that um, apparently he had he had um, some visits from the police as well, including strange phone calls from people the family had. Um, it's the whole excuse me, the whole family saw it too. Um, Timothy reckons reckons that his grandmother is like a really is not the sort of person who'd be able to collaborate with some kind of deception. She's very sort of like disingenuous kind of like simple old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, typical of Southern Italy, you know, quite not, not really educated, li- lives a simple life. 
I see you got me not think- familiar with technology, not familiar with technology yeah. and science fiction. You have me thinking mm. now, Ben, that I that I imagined this. <laughs> you know, because oh. I, I I don't think I did, but I I'm not finding the video anywhere. It'll t- we'll see if we can find it. You know what it, I mean? I mean, I might, I'm, yeah. fuck, maybe I did dream this up. I don't think I did though. But sometimes these things happen, you know. But I mean, even without motion imagery, it's a really interesting case. Yeah, a really, really weird case. <laughs> bizarre. Very Excuse bizarre. Me. Um, yeah, I, I'm really. Um, I'm interested to Corbell um, what he says now. I mean, I know Corbell is making. I'm um, no, sorry, James Fox. Uh-huh. He filmed a lot of material in China as well, which he didn't use in his phenomena because he, yeah. he was well, that was fit it in. That was the thing. He, um, there's, there's many interviews with James Fox where he talks about like he he had. I mean, I think the original cut of the movie was like four hours long. Yeah. So he had to go in and remove huge sections of the movies to make it to an hour, like it was an hour and a half. Um, and you know, and anyone when when it's it's heartbreaking when you're like, oh, I don't want to take this out, but I have to, and you have to remove it. Yeah. But he still has hundreds of hours of footage of interviews <sighs> and all this stuff. So I mean, it's essentially he could make a phenomena too, very easily with, with, with the footage to. that he yeah. has. But I think he the the next one he's doing is the um, the Brazilian case, the one that we talked about oh, a few minutes ago. Virginia, yeah, yeah. That's that's the next uh, film that he's going to make because he has all this footage, and uh, that's going to be the next one he does. Now, well, I will look forward to that because I think the Virginia case is extremely significant. Uh huh. It's a thing called the Brazilian Roswell, and it deserves to be. Yeah. No, says, was there any any images of of that or any pictures or anything? Do you know? There's just um, there's eyewitness testimony, which is very very detailed. Uh-huh. It includes three uh, three young girls who um, they were just teenagers at the time, um, who were walking through the town, um, and they just came across this little this creature crouched by a wall, and they they ran off really scared and told their mother, and their mother sort of was a very tough old tough lady yeah. grabbed a rolling pin and. <laughs> came and searched for this thing. Um, it was gone by the time she got there, but it gave off a very powerful smell. Uh, like they said, it smelled like ammonia. Uh-huh. Um, there was also reports through the town of the cre- other creatures had been spotted, and um, the police were called. Yeah. One of the policemen actually handled the creature. Actually, supposedly they actually captured it in a net. And one of the creature, one of the policemen who actually handled this creature, fell ill with a mysterious, a mysterious bug that, that no one, the doctors couldn't identify. Because they he killed it and he died. Oh, he, he may have caught something. He died. It's a guy who's only about 21, <coughs> young, young copper, um, picked up this creature, died. Oh, wow. Soon afterwards. And what's more, when his family tried to make inquiries, they wanted to have a blood. There was no post-mortem done or anything. There, wow. there basically, was, there was a cover-up. The cause of death was like some put-up job. Nothing uh-huh. really very interesting. <laughs> nothing significant. And he, they... Um, the family was saying this is like, like a cover-up. They're trying to, yeah, um, they tried to get his body exhumed, even to, to, to have an, another post-mortem, but they couldn't, <clears throat> they couldn't, they couldn't authorize it. That's crazy. So, um, but the other Virginia incident is um, was some kind of some something came down, something crashed. There was a fire out in the out in the woods, just uh-huh. outside town, and then these creatures must have maybe got out of the crash and were wandering around the city and. Um, was just hiding. I think they were hiding. Um, but maybe scared they were suddenly on an alien planet or something. I don't know. Um, uh. Very weird. And the skeptic, again, skeptics came out with some really ridiculous stories. Because <laughs> one of the creatures was taken to hospital. Uh-huh. And, um, and was actually 
looked after by the doctors. Um, it's funny because like the it's local description, police, you know, the description of the yeah. creature, man. Told, uh, kept, uh, says it's brown in color. Yeah, has red colored blood. Um, it appears to have some kind of telepathic ability as well, um, according to this doctor that Timothy um, interviewed, who, who worked on this creature. Um, it's it's really fascinating. It, in that book, actually, it uh-huh. tells you. Well, not that book. Sorry, it's it's Need to Know. It's one of his more oh. recent books. Right. But he uh, really he really goes to town on this particular thing. It's it's odd because the police at the the local police didn't seem to know what to do with it. They, the police had come from a local army. Like the police and the military are kind of organizationally connected in, in Brazil. They'd come from a local army base, and they didn't seem to know what to do. They, apparently someone, uh, the, that's, the guy's been interviewed as well, the uh, senior officer, he made a call to the to head office, and they immediately sent down like a task force to deal with it. The Americans were involved as well. Uh-huh. It seems to be a global policy involving the United States. Um, but but what, what, the local what did- police were really confused. What, what did the creature look like? Was it like a typical grey, or was it something different? Or brown coloured. It had um, a very, very bad smell. It was greasy and slimy. Um, it had like red veins on its skin, bright red eyes, um, strange shaped, gourd shaped head with several like protuberances, like fins, right? It, it like... was described as having like like a oh, tulip shaped head. Yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, with several like it wasn't round, it wasn't smooth. Um, it's sort of small, slightly small in stature, um, slightly thin. Oh, it's a. Uh, there's several other descriptions that T- Timothy gives in the book because the doctor uh-huh. he talks to the doctor who operated on this creature. But the the cover story, the newspaper put out a cover story that there was a there was a, t- a couple expecting a baby, and uh, two uh, two a man and a local man and a woman. Uh, who were both about three to four feet tall. And they said, because these two very short people had been wandering around the hospital, including a pregnant woman who was like about three and a half feet tall, people thought they were aliens. Oh, Jesus, that's ridiculous. (laughs) That's a bad cover story. They even suggested that the the girls, the skeptics, again, they suggested that the little girl, the three girls, seen this little man, a local guy. His name was, his name, they they called him Modinho, which means the little dumb man, because he couldn't, he had a speech impediment. Uh Uh-huh. Um, they'd seen him and thought he was an alien because he's slightly disabled and he had, he's sort of a bit misshapen. Yeah. Um, the thing is, um, the girls already knew this man. They knew him. They they used to talk to him. They used to get, sometimes give him cigarettes. So they would they, they couldn't have been a mistaken identity. They would there. have recognised no, him. No way, they would yeah. have recognised Modinho if they'd seen him. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I, I think this is this is based on the girl. The girls again, they're now adults. They're like like these other kids who see aliens. They uh-huh. they say the same thing. They maintain their story. Wow! See, it's it's uh, odd, isn't it? It is. It's very odd, and I I really look forward to uh, the the footage and the the James Fox puts together because. I mean, all of Fox's documentaries are, are really, really well done. I mean, the phenomena mm-hmm. is probably the top one in the top five best UFO documentaries ever made. And oh, it's fantastic! It's fantastic, yes. and it's it's done in such a way where you can actually show it to your normie friends to kind of plant seeds. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that with like any of Stephen Greer's videos, right? Because Stephen Greer, even even if you're into UFOs, Stephen Greer comes off like a mental case in all of his videos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He really does. He, he comes. He comes to off a like he's extent, out, yes. of, out of his fucking mind. Whereas the, the 
the the phenomenon is is done soberly and factually and you can show that to normie people and and they might be like oh well that's interesting i never never thought mm-hmm. of it you know and plant seeds and get them to think because it's done yeah. in such a sober way you know well the the, the thing about yeah, the phenomenon is i mean when i first saw it i like i i thought well, hang on a minute there's there's nothing new here they're just they 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 only deal with cases that I already know about. Yeah. But then again, and I thought again, and I thought, hang on a sec, though, they present, they do present new takes. For example, there's this footage from the, yeah, the, the Zamora the encounter. Yeah. Lonnie Zamora, yeah. I'd never they, they seen that footage before. That's that never been seen before. Yeah, yeah, never been seen before. Also, I this I consider this like you just said, it's a good, it's, it's level-headed. It doesn't expect yeah. it. It doesn't go too far out like Greer right. does. It's the perfect way to introduce the subject, like you were just saying. You would mm-hmm. show this to anyone as an introduction, and right. because they're they're all it, it all covers well known cases. You could you could, you have the opportunity to say more about them to somebody who's new. Yeah, yeah. I think these 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 really have emerged at the perfect time. These 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 films, these mm-hmm. documentaries appear to have been they appear to have struck while the iron was hot. In fact, you could say the same about my books. I've, I wrote them at just the perfect time. How's how's as as the sales increased, Ben? Are you are you doing well? Um, I don't get an I don't get a payment for, for until the end of next month from mm-hmm. the people. So I don't know for certain, but I know a lot of people have them. A lot of people have them, and a lot of people have in, have enjoyed them. I know they do. They've uh, so when, yeah. When I mean, you, when you go to conferences, do you take like a box of books and 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 you know sell them, yes. and sign them, and stuff? Yes, I did at the last two conferences. I actually sold, I sold two books at Awaken Away and two books at Bases. Yeah, so that's okay, not bad, cool. yeah. considering it's a crowd of people who already know me, and m- most of them have copies already if they're right. going to get copies. So I'm quite pleased by it. I'm quite pleased by that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So, who else showed up at the uh, the UFO conference? I know Colin was there. Colin spoke about Star Trek and uh, aliens. Any other particular topics that came up that were particularly interesting? Mm, there was uh, several interesting chaps. There was um, there was a guy called Johnny Enoch. Now he's um, quite well known because he presents a program on Gaia TV, and um, he talked about the the pyramids of Egypt and, and the Sphinx. And he talked about how there are some hidden chambers in both the Sphinx, underneath the Sphinx, and within the pyramid. He said he has actually been allowed to visit some parts of the pyramid which most people don't get to see. And in Egypt, and he said he he didn't actually say what was in that was there. He just said he was not. He I don't think he knows. I don't think he was allowed completely in them. Uh huh. But that was very interesting as well. And Maria Wheatley um, was very interesting because she's been researching Stonehenge and other ancient monuments, and um, she's discovered something very interesting that in the graves, which which have been detected in various places, you find some skeletons that are not like normal human skeletons they have they, they have like long long shape long skulls that indicate their heads was a different shape oh yeah i think you i think you mentioned that she spoke at the bases too then huh she did both yeah yeah she did, did the same uh, she did the same talk i think the yeah. same talk um, uh-huh very really amazing um a really amazing thing i mean if there are and who else was there also um Simon Parks. Now he um, he just he talks about quantum computers and about how um, there is actually a he believes there's a new 
currency, some another form of money going to be a, a type of cryptocurrency mm -hmm. run by quantum computers. And that he did something amazing. He actually had with him some <clears throat> some banknotes from Zimbabwe. These these is this is a failed currency. There okay. was a five billion Zimbabwe dollar note, <laughs> and he started handing that. He said, "Anyone who's wearing anything green." Come up, excluding underwear. Please come up, and I'll give you one of these notes. He gave them note. He, he wrote on it that he would pay whoever took one of these notes twenty-five pounds at his next conference. Oh, there you go. Simon Parks is an interesting chap. I mean, he, he gets a lot of stick from people. Um, I like the guy. I think he's. I think he's. I do think he's genuine. Uh -huh. um, he has an interesting background because he was living. He was a very much a normie. He was actually a politician. He was actually a labor councillor in North Yorkshire. And what happened to him? How did he, how did he get out of that? How did he snap out of that? He, um, he went public in the media and explained how he had had multiple abduction experiences. Uh -huh. Ever since he was a small child, he remembered uh -huh. encounters with aliens. He also remembers that he had them. Um, he also says that he had a... There's a creature. There's several female creatures in the, in the alien world. One of them he calls Mother... Who believes he's kind of he's this is kind of his mother. Another one he describes as his wife, his alien wife. Wow. And it's a a feminine alien. Mm-hmm. Um Well Streamer talks about something like that too, because the, the the alien on the cover of Communion, he refers to it as a as a her, as a she, yeah. uh, as 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 feminine. And mm. he can't. Re I mean, it, when when you look at it, it looks just like some some you know alien. But he said that uh, when he's in the presence of this this being, uh, it feels very feminine, very, uh, and and he calls it a she. Yeah, you know, strange. It's an extremely odd thing. Um, not least because he appears that he has some kind of sexual relationship with this creature. Um, this has actually ended up with him splitting up from his wife perhaps understandably you know it's, yeah. it's, it's inevitably going to happen um yeah it's uh and he 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 says he might have to go into hiding he went to he he kind of he he went he went to he turned up i mean i got to speak to him briefly but he just sort of like he turned up and um just at the beginning of his talk, and he walked right out again afterwards without really speaking much, without spending a lot of time there. Mm. <clears throat> and um, it's like he's worried. He said he said he might have to have bodyguards at some point. Why? Because he believes that he's in danger. From, he believes that the, the deep state, the cabal, the deep state. Oh, okay. He's one are, of those. Um, <laughs> he's one of those. As well. yeah. um, he, he, yeah, he thinks QAnon is real. Um, and I, to be honest, Gareth, I know you and I would probably disagree on this. I think he's got a point. <laughs> okay. He's got a point. Yeah. Um, and he's, um, he thinks, he says that Trump is going to make a comeback oh, probably God. in a couple of months. Oh God. What the We've fuck is wrong with his mental me? cases? Come on. Come on. We've heard this before. Haven't why, we? Yeah. Why? Um, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, this is, to me, this is such obvious fucking nonsense, but people are eating this shit up. Well, it's. I do wonder though, because like Trump, Trump is appearing very confident. He's he's still oh, very God. very much in in people's consciousnesses. It's almost like he never left office in the Ugh. first place. And Joe Biden is really is. Firstly, he 
does very little for a president. He's doesn't do an awful. He doesn't get around very much. He doesn't. He's not seen very often in the media. He and Pelosi and Harris and the others are sort of like tiptoeing around, looking really scared, peeking over their shoulders every five minutes. Well, they're, they're surrounded by bodyguards. The, the White House apparently is boarded. They say I hadn't heard it been boarded up. I heard that the curtains were always shut in the White House. But uh, according to Simon, you know, they, it's boarded up. Yeah, this, the Biden's this, not even been in the White House. This is outrageous. this is nonsense, man. This is this is absolute really? fucking nonsense. You snap out of this fucking delirium. What if it's true, Gareth? Because it well, it what what if a unicorn jumps through your window right now? I mean, it's it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. What what do you think is do you think there's no reality to the Q phenomenon at all? No, think? I think Q started off as real, and then was completely subverted and became a propaganda machine. Really? So there was originally a Q. I think, think there was. I think there was for the first four to six months of Q existing. I think it was real. Everything after that was all just fucking nonsense. You see, I would say yes, that's true. Except, I wouldn't say the first four to six months. I would say the first, I'd say five years, and then, then since then things have gone. See, things have gone. The the plan, you know, Joe Biden becoming president or pseudo president was never part of the plan. Let's face it. This idea that oh, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. That the the, uh, the good guys are going to take over. Trump's going to stay in the White House, and of course, then he's out of the White House, and Biden's there, and. Obviously, that means the plan went wrong somewhere. It must have gone wrong somewhere. But I've even heard that Q is like either dead or in jail, whoever they are, he, she, or they. Um, and of course, the Q posts on QAnon, the various QAnon aggregators have gone now. They've gone quiet. But um, you know, down is not necessarily out. You, but you think it was the first four months, and then it, yeah, it, it went six, crazy. Four to six months, that. it was legit, and then it got co-opted, and then it was just all bullshit. Mm-hmm. It was just like a fucking a psyop to, to push people's buttons and get them all fucking riled up over a bunch of nonsense. You see, some people have said, you see, it hasn't worked. For, if that's the case, it hasn't really worked very well because... Um, sure it is. You see, Q, 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 Q followers, Q posters, they are some of the most militant and um, active people within the entire Trump, Trump phenomenon. <sighs> Dude, I don't know, man. The, the, the vibe I get is all fucking horseshit. Oh, right. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, I, look, I I don't have any I, I I don't have any inside information. I I don't know. I mean, me saying it's bullshit is probably just as valid as you saying it's true, right? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I don't know one hundred percent either. To, to I mean, me, I know. To me, it just, it just sounds like wishful thinking, childish nonsense. It's it's. But I, it's but I, I could goes, be I could yeah. be wrong. I don't think I am, but I could be. I can't remember all the details. I know that Simon's been doing a series of interviews with someone called Charlie Ward. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. Um, but he's a very interesting chap. He's a very interesting guy who talks about... Um, they're trying to set up like this quantum computer, this quantum-based bitch, uh, Bitcoin thing. Uh-huh. This blockchain-type cryptocurrency. Yeah. I don't know what it would be called, Qcoin or something. I don't know. <laughs> Qcoin. So, yeah, I wish I could remember all the details. I wish I could. It'll come I can't remember you. all the details, unfortunately. Yeah. You know. Let's uh, let's start wrapping it up, Ben. I'm I'm not feeling too great, and I want to go back to bed. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure to good. talk to you. Mm, good conversation. Too. 
Uh, thank the, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindset Podcast. Uh, if you like the show, go ahead and give us a like and a share and or maybe write a comment or two on your podcasting service of choice. If you really like the show, consider supporting the show at MindsetCentral.com slash support or you can go to Patreon.com slash Mindset Central where there's lots of uh, unheard goodies uh, in on, uh, on Patreon. Uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow on Mindset Mornings, Monday through Friday, on the Mindset Central YouTube channel, doing a, a daily live stream. Uh, I think Ben is going to be on Tuesday. Is that right, Ben? I would be glad to come back on Tuesday. I'll just check my diary because awesome. I think, um, yeah, well, I've, yes, I've got to uh, do a recording with Steve Bassett later on, but uh-huh. um, yeah, early on, two thirty is absolutely fine. Yeah, no perfect. problem. Perfect. Mm. We'll, we'll talk to Ben on Tuesday. Uh, ben, what else you got going on this week? Ah, oh, well, guess what? I'm going out. I'm going away again. Yeah, Yay. I'm taking another trip. <laughs> where, where, where are you heading? Um, tr- to Newcastle upon Tyne in Geordieland in the northeast. Newcastle? Aye, why, why, I'm why, funny, why? Dad. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be doing a, t- a talk for a private group, True Seekers Northeast. I'm doing uh, now. Um, it is a private event, unfortunately, but I am going to film it, and um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that because uh, there are there are people I've really come to consider friends you know um and I, i've missed them i've not seen them i went up briefly to see them last year between lockdowns but i've i've, I've not seen them since and i'm really looking forward to seeing them it's a, a very active group. There's, there's several hundred members actually in my uh-huh. facebook group it's a awesome. developed group so i won't be unfortunately i won't be able to i won't be on the next week's show because i'll okay. be on my way back that day but uh yeah, I'm happy to come back on the show and tell you all about it. Oh, I can't well, wait. Yeah. I can. Well, so not next week, the week after, you can tell us all, all yeah. about how it went and you had a good time meeting up with old friends and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, should be great. Glad to. All right, then, mm. Ben, thank you so much. I'll see you on Thanks, Tuesday. Uh, but until then, we'll be back next week with more of the same. But until then, farewell, good brothers.